Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Convergence Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Minch. I am K.O. Metz. And uh, we're going to tell a little bit of a story. Uh, Alexander the Great, who conquered most of the known world before he died around 323 B.C., uh, may have been looking for a river that healed the ravages of age. During the 12th century A.D., a king known to Europeans as Prester John supposedly ruled a land that had a river of gold and a fountain of youth. Uh, the Fountain of Youth, actually, Alexander the Great never found it because he died, obviously. Uh, but this was allegedly a 16th century Spanish explorer, Juan Ponce de Leon, who allegedly thought it would be found in Florida, uh, in St. Augustine, the oldest city in the United States. There's actually now a tourist attraction dating back a century that purports, albeit in tongue a cheek kind of way, uh, to be the Fountain of Youth that Ponce de Leon discovered soon after he arrived in what is now Florida, in 1513 so there's this you've probably heard of this the fountain of youth before it's kind of a popular uh, thing in at least myths and conspiracies and all that kind of stuff so that's what we're going to talk today about uh, myths and conspiracies and fake stuff but just kidding we're, fake news does not allow us to do that but uh, we're actually going to be talking about a sort of new uh, more tangible fant- fountain of youth that is coming about which is the telomeres uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of background on what these are, but in synopsis, pretty much they might have the potential to increase uh, or to prolong aging, the aging process, in order that humans can live longer. So there's a bunch of hot research that started around telomeres around the 2015 is really when it got sprouted up as a few scientists uh, discovered the function of telomeres and the specific enzyme that can be used to repair telomeres or to stop them from coming off. And so so here's a little bit of background information on these things, because they're a little bit confusing to the normal person. Like, I was confused the first time I learned about telomeres, but just imagine them as like little protector caps for your DNA. So typical human cells are mortal and cannot forever renew themselves. Uh, cells undergo division every time they need to replace themselves. Usually they don't have that long of a, skin, a shelf life. If they're skin cells, they're dying constantly, and they're going to replace themselves a lot. And so, uh, so as demonstrated by Leonard Hayflick a half century ago, human cells have a limited reproductive lifespan, with older cells reaching this limit sooner than younger cells. This is called the Hayflick limit uh, of cellular lifespan, and is directly related to the number of unique DNA repeats found at the end of genetic material bearing chromosomes. So these DNA repeats are sort of like the caps on the chromosomes that are going to protect them uh, from actually, because every time you copy DNA, a little piece of it gets cut off. But if it's at these telomere sections, it's just fine. Uh, it won't do anything to the genes because these things actually don't code for anything. So these are the telomeres that are protecting it from losing actual genetic material. And once these get too short, your cell can't divide anymore and it just dies. So each time the cell divides, the telomeres actually shrink. And so you have a limited, this is sort of how aging goes about. On older people, it's harder for them to regenerate cells uh, as quickly. That's why a cut for an older person may take a lot longer to heal than a cut from like a younger person or like a kid because their cells are more rapidly dividing. They have more cells available to divide because their telomeres are still long. And so uh, countering this telomere shrinking process is an enzyme called telomerase, which this is the one where all the studies have been going on. This uniquely holds the key to delaying or even reversing the cellular aging process. Telomerase offsets cellular cellular aging by lengthening telomeres, adding back lost DNA repeats to add time onto the molecular clock countdown and effectively extending the lifespan of the cell. 
Uh, telomerase lengthens these telomeres by repeatedly synthesizing very short DNA repeats of the six nucleotides. Uh, they put the sequence GGTTAG on the end of these uh, chromosomes, and they just keep putting these on to lengthen the telomeres. And so these are usually found in developing cells, I believe, and also your germ cells because you don't you don't want the uh, your young baby to have a bunch of old cells uh, that can't actually divide that much. That's what we kind of talked about a little bit of one of the downsides of cloning is you're making things that live less because you're taking cells that are already old and making them new and young again. So, so this is telomerase is really active in those reproductive cells. It's also, as we'll go into a little bit later, uh, or active a lot in cancer cells. And so uh, let's see what are, what are some possible some possible outtakes of the new wave of telomerase research here. Right. So one thing is the fountain of youth effect. Um, so they did a study. Um, they tested mice and they treated them with telomerase gene therapy, and it reversed many aspects of age-related degeneration. So the mice with telomerase expression that also had an overexpression of cancer-resistant genes lived 20 25% longer lives which is pretty significant. That's like having a human live to be like 125 years old or older. So that's a pretty significant increase. Um, however, telomerase-deficient mice also had the result when telomerase was restored. So these mice were deficient with this telomerase, and then they restored it, and they had the same effect. So this appears to make um, have a big, robust result in the mouse model. Um, this... Um, outcomes of doing telomerase therapy also made more blood cells and bone marrow. Um, also repaired nerves in the brain because nerve cells generally don't divide too much in your brain or they just divide like once every like 50 years or so. And these nerve cells are breaking down like the DNA is being broken down after its use so this would help repair those and um everyone everybody has different length in telomerase and that is um determined genetically but if you have telomerase therapy gene therapy then it would yeah help okay. stuff but a big thing is that although this could um lengthen uh someone's lifespan there are so many other factors that contribute to um longevity i mean we'll get into more detail about like diet and stuff and what we're finding now with like epigenetics is that how the environment actually has a huge factor and this probably might not have as much of mm -hmm. a significant um aid but we don't know yet so yeah, we'll be it looking is a at promising it. molecular fountain of youth definitely right and another thing is in cancer research so cancer cell is basically a cell that divides more times than it should so it has a lot of it divides so much that it develops a lot of mutations in the DNA and grows abnormally, and that's how you get tumors. Um, so it has cancer cells are able to solve this tel telomere problem because every time that the cell divides, the telomere shortens. But how does this work? Well, they have, um, turns out that over 95% of different types of cancers actually have a telomerase enzyme. So it mutates this, and it's able to actually solve this problem. In your body, you have some telomerase, but cancer cells have a much higher concentration, so they're actually able to repair it better. So if we were able to block this enzyme, then you may be able to block the growth of cancer cells. 
However, we're not at a stage in research where we have a clinical inhibitor of telomerase. Um, there are some that are being tested, but the biology and chemistry of this is pretty complicated because a lot of cancers have a lot of different processes that go inside, so it can get really complicated really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this also, the imp- some implications of telomerase is you can actually shorten your telomeres or lengthen them, supposedly. Uh, this there's a lot of research going around uh, with lengthening or shortening your telomeres because that's a, that's all people really care about these days is what can I do to extend my life what can I do to live a better light, healthier lifestyle and so a lot of things have come out but this is not really heavily scientifically confirmed yet it's still like in the earlier stages of development ever since like maybe the past two or three years actually so most of these journal articles are fairly fresh and have not gone under much review or criticism so you can take it with a grain of salt, but I mean, it's, it's, it's never, never hurts to live a healthier lifestyle. I mean, there's also many other good benefits, even if it doesn't extend your telomeres, it'll probably help you fight diseases better and, uh, get better sleep and all sorts of other great things and be able to walk when you're 80 years old. And so, uh, a lot of studies have shown that diet is one of the big factors in determining telomere length. Uh, and ways you can shorten or prolong the shortening of your telomeres. Uh, diets with high vitamin D content can actually cause your telomeres to shorten slower at slower speeds. You've also got, uh, they tested patients with coronary artery disease, and there is an inverse relationship between baseline blood levels of marine omega-3 fatty acids, which if you haven't heard, that's kind of the rager. Uh, you get them from anchovetas are a big source of them. Uh, there's a lot of other types of fish that are high in omega-3s. And there's also, so there's an inverse relationship between these omega-3 fatty acids and the rate of telomere shortening over a span of five years. So in other words, the the subjects who had the highest levels of omega-3 fatty acids at the beginning of the study had the slowest rates of telomerase or telomere shortening over the five-year period. So this is pretty promising. I mean, eating omega-3s also has a lot of good effects on the heart. It also has a lot of good effects on the muscles, but... Uh, so that's and this is just another effect of these uh, fatty acids, and also exercise uh, can. Uh, an article published in the American Journal of Epidemiology uh, says sitting too much can age your telomeres by up to eight years. So I guess the lack of exercise can actually increase your uh, so quote unquote uh, telomere like age by eight years. So that means exercise was caused to show uh, short to sh- slow the process of the shortening of telomeres and not exer- then not exercising. So that's uh, pretty obvious there. You should exercise. You should eat well. Uh, sleep as well has been. Uh, so sleep deprivation and poor sleep schedules have also been shown to shorten telomeres because of the throwing off of your circadian rhythm can do some weird things to your body, and not being able to sleep causes maybe your cells to die faster, not get the rest they need, and uh, that could cause you to rapidly uh, shorten your telomeres. You also got stress, so high stress levels also lead to uh, shorter telomeres in patients. So, don't be stressed. Sleep nice. Pretty much, don't go to college. I mean, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I've still been able to sleep fairly a good amount of hours with not that much stress. So, I feel like I'm my telomeres are probably pretty good right now. Yeah, just you wait. Yeah, just me wait until it's a harder class. Physics. Physics. Oh okay. yes. Yeah. So another thing that we found is that um, there's this company that's kind of like 
23 and me and it talks about like tell years and telomerase supplements so this company basically takes your dna and so sees how long your telomeres are and they give you a quote blueprint of success of how ma to make sure you keep your telomeres long and live longer so they basically give you how your tello years or how long your by how much of the telomere you have how old it is or like how much yeah, longer like you my, have my high school bio teacher did it and she got she's like probably like 36 and her her uh tello years was 22 so she seemed i mean she's a very active person i could see could see the 22 as the she, her tele years are actually younger than her so now you can see by that oh my tele years are only 22 i'm probably gonna live pretty long actually because they're pretty young right now i don't know but there's so many factors in that yeah there's so much company more. i don't know right yeah about them they're kind of clickbaity yes definitely so and one thing however is that there's not this one size fits all thing and like tele years doesn't really tell tell you much because Everybody is genetically different and has different epigenetic factors and they have different lifestyles and different environmental conditions. So it's like it's very hard to kind of just put it into one box for the for aging their chromosomes. Um, they also sell stuff that help with telomere support, but it's pretty much just a bunch of antioxidants and healthy supplements that you can just buy at a health food store. Yeah, I've also seen a lot of people. Uh, there's a lot of companies, pharmaceutical companies now. They'll actually sell telomerase, like uh, that you can eat. I guess it's sort of like enzyme. Like you've heard of like pharmaceuticals, like there's enzymes that help you break things down. Yeah. Like you can take lactate to solve your lactose intolerant problem and stuff like that. And so they sell telomerase like as sort of an enzyme that you can take up, or these supplements that you can take in order to help your telomerase or your telomere health. But there is a downside to this, and I think it's a very dangerous downside that I would never risk to take uh, because cancer is actually, uh, as we said earlier, characterized by this unregulated growth, and telomerase is active in over 90% of uh, human types of cancers. So uh, we don't really want cancer cells to live forever, and drugs that reduce telomerase activity are being uh, investigated as the cancer treatments. Uh, so the drugs that are enhancing telomerase activity... Uh, might not be a really a good thing. I mean, we don't really, if you, you're, you might be creating cancer cells. Uh, we might, it's sort of like if you've seen the Hobbit fall from the frying pan and go into the fire. I mean, you're what, you're extending your life maybe by like two or three years, but then you're going to give yourself cancer, which actually won't extend it by, he'll probably shorten it by like 30 years. So I don't think that's really a good trade off. So there's a lot of these proposed like anti-aging remedies and there's even these things called longevity clinics where you can go and get like gene therapy and tel telomere extensions. Uh, but as far as I know, there's no treatment that has yet been proven to actually slow the aging process or extend human lifespan because they can't do tests. They haven't done a test for the whole entirety of a human's life because that's quite a long time. And so there's only like preventive measures to reduce the risk of premature death and improve the likelihood of staying healthy while you age such as exercise weight control all that stuff vaccines maybe seat belts uh, there's a lot of preventive measures you can take but there's not really a proven method of things that you can do to you inside of you to make you live longer so i think 
that's really a big concern with these supplements, making people think that maybe they can live longer by just taking stuff and they neglect to exercise or do something important like that. And they actually won't live longer and they might just get cancer from ingesting telomerase. So that's probably one of the biggest dangers. So yeah. the big question is, should we, what should we think about all this telomerase stuff from a Christian perspective? Gotten? Yeah, I've got, so as people recall, quick question. Who's the oldest person to have ever lived in the Bible? Hmm. Jesus. No. <laughs> no. Well, mm, that's a complicated. That, that, <laughs> that's a. That's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Um. No. Uh, Methuselah. You lived to be nine hundred sixty-nine years old. That's, that's how a I long. Learned, time. That's how I learned what a palindrome was. Mm, I see. Yes. Nine sixteen. Yeah. Okay. Um. And then we have Noah who lived hundreds of years and so did Moses so we see in the Bible there are people that live for a long time but um, God's not against long lifespans because he permitted it for a portion of the Old Testament however he did lifespans did start to decrease after the flood substantially not many people got over 150 they stayed a little bit below and then it slowly got to where we are now which Mm -hmm. we've actually increased Yes, we have increased, especially since, like, the plague. Plague, people yeah. didn't live past, like, 30. Right, yeah. <laughs> the average lifespan was, like, 25 or something like that. Right. And, however, we can't, like, live forever because it says we're destined to die because of the fall. That's what happened with Adam and Eve. Um, so in Hebrews 9.27, it says, Just as people are destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to, to those who are waiting for him. As we can see, people are destined to die. It's a fact of life, unless the second coming happens in our in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, they, they kind of are bodily dying. Um, we also have life after death, which can't be achieved without dying. So, um, in John 3.16, he talks about, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one can come to the um, wait. That's the wrong verse. What? Wait. What are you doing? Wait. John three sixteen. Yeah. The this, the first one is John John one twenty five. Wait. What is John three sixteen? Oh, never mind. God's love the world. Ah. <laughs> Big oof. Big oof. I I. Hopefully your Sunday school teacher's not watching this. No. I yeah. <laughs> I got it mixed up. Yeah. Never mind. For God loved the world that He sent His Son. This yep. is quick synopsis. Um, but you came for salvation to save us from a s- second death, which is an eternal death. Yeah. Um, and also Jesus also says that I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. So physically die, spiritually are, we are alive in him. Yeah. So I think this brings a little bit of a tension between life and death for a Christian. I mean, as least this is what I was going through my head as I was thinking about this. I was thinking if we live longer, we could make it so it would make it so we could share the gospel with more people. We could love more people and benefit more people's lives. Uh, but then you've also got death means that we get to be with Christ in heaven. We see Paul said to live as Christ, to die as gain. And so that he understood the tension, I think, in that verse. But then we also have uh, this tension between uh, these two. And it's really a difficult issue that's more complex than just a yes or no answer. 
and this might come down to deciding uh, between this tension. I don't even know really how to go about it, but uh, one theologian who teaches at the uh, university, I think I believe it's the Northwest Nazarene University, Doug Van Nest, uh, says that before the resurrection, Jesus entered fully into the brokenness of our world, manifesting the self-giving, self-emptying love that is the heart of God. He not only entered in the world, but he also entered into solidarity with, uh, with us, revealing the full extent of his love through his death on the cross. In celebrating the resurrection, we cannot forget the suffering servant from whom we hear the call to pick up our own cross. And so to be a disciple is to follow Jesus by entering into the brokenness of the world, offering ourselves in self-giving love, losing our lives for the sake of one another, and living in solidarity with the lost and the hurting. But we venture into that broken world with good news. Just as we cannot separate the resurrection from the lo- from the life of sacrificial love that goes before it, we cannot separate the sacrifice from the resurrection that follows. So Jesus' walking out of the grave is vindication and assurance of his perfect and complete victory over the powers of sin and death. Yes, death comes before the resurrection, but resurrection has indeed come. And so we see like death for a Christian isn't really the end game. <laughs> That's uh-huh. Avengers. Uh-huh. But we see the resurrection, but the resurrection couldn't have happened without death. So it's sort of going back to like telomeres. Like if we live forever, we can never really have the resurrection, but the resurrection has already come because the past event and it's a current event. It's a future event. But then like, I think this is hindering maybe the future event of the resurrection that we're not, if we don't die, we're just kind of sitting here observing the, the earth. So in a sense, I think there's some confusing tension there that maybe, would be best uh, talked about in depth with your local friend or something like that. I don't know. But uh, let's be honest here. I mean, nobody who wants to extend their life like this is actually thinking about the benefit of being able to reach more people with the gospel and help more people with their life. Uh, You're probably in it for uh, living longer is probably so you can have more pleasures in your life, go on more vacations, see more of the world, try more cool foods, play more sports. I mean, if you're doing this telomerase therapy, I don't think your main goal in mind is being self-sacrificial for the gospel. Uh, I think putting, if you're self-sacrificial for the gospel, you're just willing to die whenever God's will for you to die is, uh, bearing in mind that you are sharing his love with everyone you, you can. So I think, I think people are inherently selfish and really this decision, this conflict between should I live longer to make it uh, so I can share the gospel with more people or should I just end my death naturally? I think really uh, it really eliminates that first answer because no one's going to choose that in a realistic world. It's more of a theoretical thing. It's really unrealistic uh, because of the fall. Uh, and so we might have good intentions with the first the first option, but really time and time again, we're going to fail to act on these good intentions. And so I think another thing that elongating life, uh, one of the problems with it is it lessens the urgency that's present in the Bible to share the gospel with others. Uh, we see in Matthew 3, 1, G- John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So this is like a now thing. Repent, get your hearts ready. Jesus is coming. And also Jesus or Paul says in Romans thirteen eleven. Do this knowing the time that is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep. For now salvation is near to us, is nearer to us than when we believed. And so Paul gets a, hits at this urgency with that word now and also nearer to us than when we first believed. And I also at the end of Revelations, Jesus says, uh, he who, t- or John through vision, whatever, it's, it's, it's a lot of confusing people. 
But I think Jesus said this one. Uh, yes, I am coming quickly. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And so that's actually the last verse of the Bible. We see Jesus coming quickly. So we've got this urgency. And so really elongating your life. I don't know if you feel these feel the, uh, the tension between elongating your life and this urgency, uh, but really elongating your life is going to make it so you're not as urgent because you're like, oh, I've got I've got a couple hundred more years to uh, on this earth. I, can, I don't really need to share the gospel with him now uh, because I won't die tomorrow. And so I think that's one of the main dangers that comes with elongating life, as well as trying to be immortal. Uh, I mean, the far extent of telomere research is trying to be immortal. Uh, that's kind of trying to replace God because you're trying to re- reverse the effects of the fall on your own. Uh, one of the effects of the fall was... Uh, death as we see in Genesis 3 17 to 19 uh, where it says uh, curses the ground before you through painful toil you'll eat food from it all the days of your life you will produce thorns and thistles for you and you'll eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since it is where you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return so that last part sort of implying death is one of the main consequences of the fall and so uh, so in a sense trying to become immortal is a form of self-help uh, and trying to counter the effects of the fall that is really the antithesis to the gospel message. Uh, the gospel message is that God came to help those who utterly couldn't help themselves. And if you're trying to help yourself, uh, you're either utterly failing or you're you're not, you're not human. <laughs> because honestly, all humans have this effect of the fall, and I don't think anything we could do could ever reverse this effect besides Jesus Christ. Uh, because you're trying to do what only Jesus did, uh, already has done with his death on the cross. And so I thought that would be a great place to end because it is Easter, uh, and we're sort of talking about this kind of stuff, the resurrection. We got a little bit of hits in it in there. So just don't forget the telomere implications of your Easter. Uh, (laughs) You probably weren't thinking about that before you tuned into this episode, but now we're making you think about it. So Enjoy deep thoughts and conversations with loved ones. This has been the Convergence Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Peace. you're still here you have just been wait for it you got bamboozled late